It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Friday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, it's uh, it's been a week. It's been a long week, but uh, Fridays are always fun. Fridays are always, uh, seems to be the best day of the week. Uh, usually, you know, every other one can be a payday. Uh, that's always good. But man, you, uh, you paid it forward today. Brought in a six-pack of donuts and uh and got us pepped up here on a friday friday morning uh how you doing man i'm good real good uh three donuts deep <laughs> got some energy going here and uh well, you know we get uh, three pay periods in three weeks that that ought to get you going on a friday if it don't uh you can hand me that second one and I'll, I'll just be real happy with it um but, Boone, we've got some pretty good topics to talk about today. Jeremy Pruitt has a, a Zoom press conference, pretty much, uh, with the media yesterday. And uh, and there's some former Vols going to have their opportunity to get to the College Football Hall of Fame. And then uh, it's 78 days until it's football time in Tennessee. You know, can you believe I've already been doing this countdown for three weeks? Cannot believe it. But does not seem Dude, real. there were some awesome people on that list. I looked closely at it yeah and 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 so uh being that it's a friday being that it's we've already jeff and i talked a little bit about this college football hall of fame deal uh but i kind of want to get your opinion on it because i I think there's three former vols on here that in a list of 78 guys uh to us they stand out but are they going to stand out long enough to to be the 12 uh, that that gets some deep consideration, but uh, the guys I'm talking about, Bobby Majors, Al Wilson, and Willie Galt, I think you you talk about honestly three completely different time periods in Tennessee football, um, but three different guys that uh, that wore it well for the Orange man. What what about what about three Vols on the same list? I'll take that any day of the week. Um, you know the amazing thing we know about that list. Maybe you weren't like me, but when I was 12, 13, and 14 years old, this orange football really got in my blood. And at that particular time, it was the last three years Bobby Majors played over there. He was number 44. He had the the dark underneath the eyes. That was his trademark. And he had the white tape on the shoes. He wore the dark shoes. Thought it was kind of weird, Wayno, because he punted, and boy, did he even do better than punting was punt returning. I'm thinking, man, that that's different. Yeah, yeah. It, that I don't know that I've ever seen that honestly. Now, in in common in current day uh, football, college football, he uh, he still owns. Pretty sure about this. He owns the season interception record, 1970 course was his big year he was um all sec sec twice all american once 
and he got 10. Now, uh, that's not career. That's just one year. And he also still, to the best of my knowledge, has the record for total punt returns, total punt return yardage, and career touchdowns. I think he had four punt returns for touchdowns. Now, that's big to us, but I honestly do not believe he's going to go in there in this uh, – what is it you said? 78 of them cut down to 12. Oh, my. Now, he won't get in there. He stands large to us because we've, we've watched him. Well, and I, and I think 78 to 12, that's a cut. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, heck, 50 to 12 is a big cut. But, yeah, yeah, I, I think, Bobby, it, it's, it, it would be a situation to where uh, is it one of those things we'd welcome? Absolutely. Uh, but I think you look at it and, and some of these names on the list just – just from a uh, post-college time, and and they say that that's not a direct factor, but I mean you got to believe it is. Uh, how their you know their citizenship and how they've they've kind of moved forward uh, in life post football. But the other two uh, that that uh, that are on that list, Willie Galt, a uh, guy that if you really look at when the when the foundation was laid or when when Tennessee football was still very fragile, uh, you can look to the early '80s. Uh, you can look to that that uh, that early '80s time where where you know Tennessee hadn't beaten Alabama in a very long time, you know, and 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 Johnny Majors finally gets over that hump in '82, uh, and, and then you, you look kind of moving forward as as Willie Galt leaves Tennessee and he goes to Chicago. Next thing you know, he's in the Super Bowl in 1985, and then and then I know just a, a handful of years ago, uh, he was the fastest 50 plus year old. Uh, in the United States, so uh, uh, Willie Galt. Uh, I was say, I was telling Jeffy the story yesterday. One of my favorite John Ward calls of all time is about Willie Galt. Uh, see if you can. One, I'm checking to see if you listened yesterday, and two, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm going to see if you you know the one I'm thinking about. And ladies and gentlemen, Willie Galt is going to take this one all the way to the Capitol. Yeah, had to be against Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's Vandy. It's Vandy. That's, I mean, that one, yeah. He, Willie the Galt, ladies and gentlemen, is going to run this one all the way to the state capitol. You know, Willie, uh, I was over there. I'm going to show my age a little bit here. I had to walk by. Oh, the, if, if you don't, I will. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you show it every day by describing Go. how I dress, <laughs> my shoes. Well, it's a, it's a picture. We're painting a picture here, Boone. I had to walk by. Uh, now it's a bus station, but it was a concrete seat and there were like 20 young college kids sitting there and it was the spring of 82 um willie galt dressed like a oh immaculately new york italian shoes i knew him immediately because i'd seen programs and i looked around him there's like four or five girls and he's got a million dollar smile on his face not a worry in the world and why should he be? He's Willie Galt. Yeah, he, uh, of course, in that Super Bowl, the Super Bowl shuffle later on, that was to come. And, you know, in the actual big game, I had forgotten. He had like 130 yards receiving, four catches. He was uh, one of our first experiences with a uh, major, major speed burner. But he had, uh, Wayno, well, his sophomore year, he tied an NCAA record with three kickoff returns he had five in his career i think i read um the amazing thing 
and I could not believe this. Willie Goss remembered for uh, having more return yards than actual wide receiver receiving yards. Is that not truly amazing? Yeah, oh yeah, and and we're not talking a handful. We're talking like 400 more return yards. No, he, he was just – he was kind of elusive. He, he had like kind of – I don't want to say um, kind of misrepresentative speed. I mean, I think you knew he was fast when you saw him. And, and, and you know, you look at, at, at those those early years of Johnny Majors, and, I you know, he went through year five of Johnny Majors. You know, 77 through 82 was those first five years. And uh, – and those were real big years for Johnny Majors. Uh, those were huge years for the development, the growth of the program. And for, for in his senior season, 1982, for Tennessee to snap an 11-game losing streak to Alabama, I mean, I think that just speaks to, to one, where the, where the program was headed, but ultimately some of those great players that Johnny Majors had gotten in there. Uh, you know, um, one of those situations to where – uh, Willie Galt, like you said, was one of the first burners, but he was not the first multi-sport athlete to be at Tennessee, and and I think that uh, that has always served Tennessee well, having the uh, having the track stars that play football. Yeah, true that, or football players that are track stars. I, I don't know how you say that. He was a prolific uh, sprinter and hurdler, and he yeah, when, ask Alabama when he left. Yeah, <laughs> he had like twelve. Uh, football school records he had three or four track records and half of his Tennessee football records were also SEC records right absolutely it was a pleasure to watch him and um, here would come Bill Bates Reggie White we began that little turnaround and uh, taking us to bowl games and it was just a privilege uh, seeing him uh I actually remember thinking he would return a lot more than he did. He had such explosiveness. I probably, all the games I watched him, I was sitting there, and I probably thought 15 or 20 times, he's going to take this to the house. (laughs) He would come close a bunch, but it's pretty amazing he still owns all those records. So you talk about returners and talk about elusive guys and guys that can get away. Is there somebody like currently – and it doesn't have to be a Tennessee guy, but, I mean, that's preferable. But uh, is there anybody you can compare Willie Galt to that, that would get kind of the young listeners out there to go, oh, that kind of speed? Um, I mean, was he, a, was he a thinner, leaner Cordero Patterson? Cordero was – I mean, he was just elusive. He was just – Cordero was actually thinner. Uh, Willie was like six feet. Yeah, maybe Cordero was just the hair. He he was uh, longer strides. Now Rocket, uh, of course, Notre Dame player, the Fish Rocket. Uh, he came later on. He he was a threat to score every time he touched it. Now Willie, the weird thing about Willie is, we well, you know if if we wanted sixteen to seventeen yards, all we had to do is put it in his hands. Every time that ball was in his hands, that was his final average. That's pretty amazing. That's that's a uh, yeah. Every time you touch it, you you get almost two first downs. That's, yeah, that's where you're at. Yeah. All right. Well, the last guy on the list, and and yesterday I I kind of unfolded my Al Wilson fandom because honestly, you know, you can look at '98 and you can say you can say you know Travis Henry, Travis Stevens, you can say T Martin, uh, you can say uh, a lot of different pieces on that team. Peerless Price, you can say say. Uh, you know, Dion Grant, you know, D. Wayne Goodrich. I mean, a lot of those different pieces. But if you're sitting there 
and you tell me, name one person that we could not have won the national championship without, I say Al Wilson. I, I say, you know, his his uh you know, his uh three turnovers forced against Florida, I mean I think that changed that national championship season. I think his leadership on that defense led old Billy Ratliff to get that football back against Arkansas. And I think, you know, the way he led the team off the field uh, when he had that shoulder injury against Carolina and, and those others, uh, that uh, Al Wilson, is he's the glue that put that 98 championship team together. God blessed him with a voice that has – And a really – Magnetism. And a really interesting-looking forehead. He, no, just, yeah. <laughs> and you do not want that forehead planted on your – You don't want them eyes pads. rolled up is what I'm saying. The words rolled off his lips. They had a ring to him, and it, it wasn't a, a whine. It wasn't a desperation. It, it was a motivational demand, if you will. And I, I can just hear from the replays. I mean, if I would have been in there with him, it would have been like we had 12 donuts. And then, then we said, okay, play one play. I mean, that's how much he wanted you to perform. But, Wayne, I'll think of it like this. If, if all the Tennessee players – football players were all just lined up in the room and we said uh all right here's what we need we need uh, only the first team all-american linebackers to to still stand a bunch of them would sit down and then then we need uh, only the person who's the only all-american on a national championship team a bunch more would stand down but al would still be standing right mm-hmm. we need uh Someone to make first-team All-American and still miss three games and almost lead the teams in tackles. Al would still be standing. And we need someone that owns a school record, causing three fumbles against our most hated rival, Florida. And then you add to that, Wayno. All right, please still stand up if you won. You led your team to four straight AP top ten finishes. Mm. Back-to-back SEC championships. You were a two-time First-team All-SEC linebacker. Still stand if you're a finalist for the Bronco Nagurski Trophy and the semifinalist for the, you know who this guy is, Dick Butkus Award. Yeah, it's a, it, those are probably another tragedies that he didn't win those awards. I mean, honestly. Absolutely. Uh, especially in that season to where he and, – and missing those games, I think, honestly, killed him on those, on those awards. But – but Boone and I and I'm biased because that was the that was the developmental time in my in my fandom for Tennessee. You know, basically the latter Peyton years and that late '90s push is where I really picked it up. I mean, I was 11, 12 years old, and I was getting in there, right? Right. Um, but where do you put Al Wilson all-time linebackers uh, at Tennessee? I mean, to me, he's he's on that Mount Rushmore of linebackers at Tennessee. I mean, you know, you could probably you could probably put him right there with Kiner. Uh, you could probably put him there with with uh, you know with Dale Jones and those guys we just need from to, a heart standpoint. We need to shoot that question at the most famous UT linebacker coach that we've witnessed when we get him on here, Mr. Lon Hurst. You think you think you think he'll give us a good answer? Oh, hey, I tell you what, um, I think I think he's probably got counter talent and he's got Dale Jones' heart. I can't believe Hacksaw Reynolds is not in the uh, College Hall of Fame. For Tennessee, now Connor's in there. Of course, he played nine years in the pros. He was uh, 
SEC Player of the Year and then first team junior and senior year. Oh, well, yeah. One thing you didn't say about Mr. Wilson, Al Wilson. Anybody stand up that's been to five Pro Bowls? They got drafted by the Super Bowl champ and played for a lot of years there. I could not think. I mean, I thought surely with all the years and all the players we've had, there would be somewhat. There wouldn't be anyone close to that. I mean, he's the only guy. And if I'm not wrong, you uh, you might have a certain autograph related to that person. I do. I do. Uh, big Al Wilson on a chrome Tennessee helmet. I might have pretty... to tr- trade you out of that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. See, he's already trying to sweeten me up. He brought donuts today. I knew there was a reason. I knew it. Al's going to have to be in the final two for sure. Um, yeah, does Kiner get knocked down because of his Archie comment? Does that mean, I mean, does that put him down a little bit? Um, <laughs> and it at least did that week, right? Well, when you and I are 18 and 19, we're invincible. And that's one of the bad, th- one of the worst things the world is facing today. All teenagers think they're totally invincible. And it's just a matter of that was his time and that was his <laughs> comment to show how invincible he was. That, uh, well, that microphone got put in his face. That's, it's amazing what that thing does. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a padded piece of courage right there. But I've is. met uh, Hacksaw Reynolds. He, he's a hero of mine. And, uh, I mean, they're all so close. And and I think you you made a really good point talking about it's hard to not use the professional career uh, to look at that. And, and and even as a fan, you know, you're sitting there and who's the greatest quarterback to ever come out of Tennessee? And a lot of people, a lot of people is going to immediately say Peyton Manning. And and I I think he is. But what I'm saying is is there's still a lot of great quarterbacks at Tennessee that did, just didn't have good times in the pros. I mean, T. Martin. T. Martin is probably right up there in, as far as clutch, as consistent, as most impact to his offense. And he's probably not listed in a lot of people's top five just because just because he, uh, you know, he just didn't make it in the pros. Like he went to the Steelers and that stuff didn't pan out. Well, what, what's got to happen, Wayne, is it's got to be an ideal fit. Mm. You, you're, uh... I thought the Steelers was kind of a poor fit for him at the time. Now, granted, they had uh, Cordell Stewart at the time. And so, I mean, he was kind of a – Slash, wasn't that his nickname? Yeah, but he was he was kind of a mold of that. But I think the problem was is Cordell was pretty fresh. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't they, – they weren't interested in necessarily – it's kind of like they do now. I mean, they had Josh Dobbs in there, and now he's in Jacksonville. It's a – you don't keep backups long. If they have trade value, you use it. And and that's that kind of what happened with T. T, T kind of fits in there with uh, Tebow. I mean uh, – You'd be crazy not to put Tebow in the College Hall of Fame. Oh, he, I, I'm he surprised uh, he wasn't like a first ballot guy because he's he's now you got to be ten years removed from uh, from college intercollegiate play, and then you've uh, you've got to have been an All American, which he checks both those boxes. Uh, I'm surprised Tebow hasn't made it to the ballot yet. I, I don't know what's really hanging him up, actually. Which Peyton Peyton was near uh, near twenty years. Uh, from his induction but like you say and you you can uh, take this to the house we know this is uh to the bank this this is the stone cold truth if you will you glance at that list there's some in there that are already in the nfl hall of fame people are going to just quickly look and go well oh my god they've done so well in the pros we have to put them in in college in fact is they had a eh, so-so career in college but they developed and progressed so much better in the next phase I mean, there's there's greats from Tennessee that you can if you're if you're unbiased you can say that. I mean, Reggie White was a dominant player at Tennessee, but I would argue that he was better in the pros. Peyton Manning, 
great at Tennessee, set every record, beat Alabama, the whole deal. But I would argue that he was better in the pros. You know what I'm saying? And I think that should be the normal progression, right? You go to, from being an amateur athlete to being a professional athlete. So there should be some transition there. But, uh, no, I think I think you're exactly right. Like some of these players, uh, yes, they were on Super Bowl championship winning teams, but their college teams weren't that great. And I think that's where the, 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 the liberation and where that, that I hope a panel of people understand this is college football Hall of Fame. This isn't life Hall of Fame. This isn't grand body of work Hall of Fame. This is college football Hall of Fame. And when you look at it, and, and I've got the orange glasses firmly firmly seated, uh, Big Al Wilson, Willie Galt, Bobby Majors, they all have a, a seat at the table in my book. I'll tell you another one. Uh, it's, it's amazing. He's not in there. But, again, it's the position. Floyd Reves came along at that same time. Yeah. Man, you show him anything above 53 yards, and it's money, money. Wasn't but, he a barefooted kicker? No. No? No, that was uh, Ricky Townsend. uh did that in the seventies, place kicker. I always I, those guys always. Uh, I don't know they that. Floyd had the brother Carlos that came along later, and they were super good. Floyd run a bunch of games for us, and it would be like a fifty-three yarder, and he's like, oh, no problem. Floyd post game. Uh, I mean, he's he's uh he's brilliant. He he. You never wonder what Floyd is thinking. Because Floyd is saying it, and I, I can really appreciate that. But, Boone, let's take us a break, listen to our fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to jump on Jeremy Pruitt's Zoom call last night or yesterday with the media. A couple things came out of it. We'll talk about both of those on the flip side of the break. A uh, alternate jersey option against the Wildcats here in November, and then also an opportunity uh, opening up as a spot is empty in that running back room. We'll talk about that Ooh. on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Throw the guesswork out. This Father's Day, let Dad pick out exactly what he wants with a gift card from Rule King. He can find the perfect tool set, workwear, farming supplies, and more for the lowest prices every day. Don't stress over sizes or brand preference. Let Dad pick out the gift that's perfect for him. Purchase a Father's Day gift card today at your local Rule King. America's Farm and Home Store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. 
So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. This is Wayne, and let me start by saying thanks for listening, and I hope you like what we're grinding on today and what we like to call the fastest hour here in Blunt County, but we wanted to take a minute to let you know how you can join in, give your take on today's topics. You can give us a call, Grind Time Hotline, 865-983-4310. That's 865-983-4310. But if you don't have time or you're on that morning grind, give us a message on our website, thegrindonsports.com. You can drop a comment, leave a message, and we'll get your opinion on the air. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thanks for putting the grind on your mind. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com 970-7132 Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out right here on a Friday edition of the of the grind. Booner, we were talking at the break, and, and you, you, you know, I have an interesting way of taking stories that maybe should stay off the air and bringing them well on the air. So, Boone, I heard you were in town and doing, you know, Boone things. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, you were were mistaken for a very famous person. I mean, Booner's pretty famous, but... What's the saying? Happy trails to you? <laughs> hey, I'm going to get after Coach Mack. I, I swear, that guy, he'll do anything for a laugh. I'm uh, taking care of the insurance, doing my to-do list. And a friend of ours came running up to the car and said... Oh, my God, it's Roy Rogers. Do you remember that cowboy hat I bought when we went to the races? Right. So let me let me give a little backstory on this cowboy hat. So we're at um, – we went to Charlotte, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. we went to the Xfinity race at Charlotte because I had tickets to both races, took Booner. He had never been to the big-time NASCAR, and, and I wanted him to see Charlotte, see the speed. And anyway, 
So we're we're we figure out that it's blazing hot. We got to get something to get this this uh, this sun off our ears. Well, of course they've got they've got all kinds of booths that'll sell you something to keep it off your ears. So we're going through there, and again we're bargain shopping because we want a good deal, and we don't know how much more we're going to use it after today. <laughs> and so Boone Boone finds this clearance rack pretty much of uh, of cowboy hats with race car driver colors and numbers on them. It looked like a Kenny Chesney hat, did it not? Uh, well, I don't kind of maybe Uncle Cracker. I don't know, but uh, but anyway, it was it was one of those beat up like you know the rolled cowboy hats, the the real trendy looking hats, and it had a big forty eight on it. And I'm like, Boone, do you like Jimmy Johnson? And he goes, Well, I do now. And he kind of gets this hat, and I mean, it becomes like the the hat of the day. Well, I'd never seen it since. And then he starts telling me this story yesterday about his uh, his Roy Rogers run in, and uh, next thing you know. Um, I, I just think I think it's all started a year ago at Charlotte when you you get this hat. It, it did, and and Coach Mack was serious. He didn't know it was me, and Earl's like this, and he said, "Hey, look, there's Roy Rogers," <laughs> and everybody started cracking up, and then they realized that uh, who it was, and uh, Bobby Boone. Oh, I'm gonna get Earl. He 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 gets me, and uh, it's it's just so funny. He he just. That's the way he is. Well, Coach Mack is uh, recovering from a, a little injury, a little surgery, and we hope him. We wish him the best. But uh, yeah, he was out. Uh, he was out. Uh, just riding around, getting chauffeured around because of his injury. He uh, can yeah. put no weight on that. That's and crazy. So it, it's man, it's it's great to see different uh, scenes and to get out of the house when you're locked up like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But talk about getting out and talking and doing. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt yesterday had a Zoom call with the media. Uh, had a new it's probably gonna be the new age thing in in post game and different things but uh the the deal with it was is it's kind of a you know what's going on state of the union kind of talk and 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 there's a there's a little bit of of interesting information Boone. uh it talked about his players returning as you know additional testing and things like that he says we've really started slow really leaned on the medical staff how the, how the guys are going to get back he said going all the way back to March twelfth, uh, all the way through June the eighth. He said that's extremely uh, long period of time without instruction. Uh, he said a lot of these guys come from different parts of the country, maybe where uh, they they don't have the opportunity to have a full blown gym to their to their disposal. He said I've not seen any of the workouts. It seems to me that the guys are continuing to improve with their conditioning uh, in a hurry. He talked about the unknowns of the football season coming up. He said, we've really not approached that yet. He said, the big thing is we've got to get the guys on campus. Uh, The majority of them are. He said, the rest of them will be back in July. He said, so we're really taking precautions from the COVID social distancing and all the guidelines uh, standpoint. Uh, He said he talked about the doctors have done a really good job uh, giving policies and, and rules to follow moving forward. And he said his staff will do a nice job uh, with the players on those those fronts, he said. So we've got to continue to do what we're doing and take it really one day at a time. So I, I don't I don't think uh, it's it, it's one of those things. They're uh, they're eager to get ready, but I don't think they're eager to jump back in. I think they want to take it kind of as it comes to them and understand how safe they are and what they got to do before they really uh, dive in. But but really, it, the the Zoom call had two big pieces of information. One, Tim Jordan. They said uh, on the status of Tim Jordan. And his, his response was pretty clean. 
Uh, Tim is no longer on our team. Again, Tim Jordan, running back, senior running back that uh, was arrested uh, maybe one month ago in Florida and has some uh, some charges against him. And uh, and it was unknown what the punishment was going to be, if it was going to be, you know, kind of – because this was really publicly uh, his first run-in or his first uh, problems uh, while being at Tennessee. But uh, Jeremy Pruitt, short and sweet on Tim Jordan, no longer on the team. So that opens a, a seat at the table. Uh, in that running back rotation, and uh, and guys have to have to step up. Next guy in, Tim Jordan was a big back uh, that could get some tough yardage. Uh, what is I guess talking to you, Boone? What's the impact of losing Tim Jordan, and is this a good decision for Jeremy Pruitt? Well, my first impact is dread. You know, Wayno he played in thirty six games. I mean, from the get go, it was obvious. Uh, number nine seems like we watched him play. He contributed. I remember he averaged about 4.2 yards every time he carried it. He was only uh, 5'11", 218, but he he really could pound it inside really good. I mean, that's a pretty good size running back, actually. <laughs> yeah, he uh, – well, I mean, he'll he'll belong to the 1,000-yard uh, career Tennessee club. He ends up with, like, 1,000 yards. He he was a three-star coming in. Uh, I, I thought he played better than a three-star. He was like the – he was the top 100 running back, um, 90th ranked running back. But there's this thing, you know, when you're speeding and you're weaving out of traffic and then you weave over into the bicycle lane, I mean, they're going to come over there and enforce the law and then you have a, a gun and paraphernalia with you and cannabis – I mean, you brought that on yourself, but he's worked so hard being here. Boone said cannabis. That's funny. That's funny. He, he's anyway. worked so hard. I mean, why throw that away? And he was one of our senior leaders. I mean, I, I think you know what you know. The confines of a, of a college university is a lot of things. You know, it's an opportunity to find yourself. It's an opportunity to to be exposed to new things. But it's also uh, control. If you're an athlete, you know, you, you know where you can go eat, get some food, you know where you're going to sleep, you know where the coaches are, you know you're going to have to go to practice, you know you're going to have to be exposed to people, therefore actions are, are, are altered based on that. Well, COVID-19, we've seen the, 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 the whole gamut of responses that you can get. You know I, know, I know from our side, you know, we talk about all the projects we've gotten done or, or what time we got to spend with family and da-da-da, but some of these kids... When they go back to where they came from, there's there's people that, hey, you remember when we used to do this? You remember when we used to do that? And they get wrapped up in what really they were trying to get away from getting to Tennessee and and, and just wrong place, wrong time, traffic stop, and it's all over. Uh, so Tim Jordan off the team. Wish the best for, for the young man, but I think Jeremy Pruitt made the good decision. And honestly uh, – He's setting precedent every time he makes a decision, and I think he understands that. The acceptable versus unacceptable treatment here, and uh, I think in, in this day and age, especially in the, uh, in the wake of the, the revolution of recruiting that is the 2021 class, um, Tennessee's just unwilling uh, to have, have the, the marks on the, the record right there. So it's, a, it's, it's just a don't pass go, don't collect $200. You know what was really painful, Wayno, is – Against that, we played Alabama at the time. They were ranked number one, 94 yards. 
Tough yards. Tough oh. yards. Because he's not a burner. He's not a guy. He's going to be that guy that the legs just don't stop churning and he'll push you over. Yeah, he's not going to back down. And I, I just love the fight in him. But, uh, yeah, like you said, they did ask uh, Pruitt. Uh, Ty Chandler is that speed merchant we have. A um, lot of carries, senior. Um, and then uh, Eric Gray, he's got like 394 yards in only two games. As a true freshman, then yeah, he had Eric. like four touchdowns in those two games. Eric Gray's a stud. I mean, it's going to be nasty. Did you notice, uh, maybe it was an accident, but I'm looking for accidents. And then he said, we have a trio of freshmen. And the very first name he mentioned in the trio was T. Hodge. T. Hodge, man. I tell you, and and, and people people question, uh, you know, what, what can it go at the next level, you know, and unfortunately, I think Tennessee still has a stigma in high school football. I think Tennessee still, you know, when you look at it and you think powerhouse high school football, you think Texas, you think Florida, you think California, you know, those are in Georgia. You think those states. But I tell you, Tennessee football is coming along uh, in, in the high school ranks. I mean, competitive nationally uh, as well as anywhere else. I mean, heck, there was a kid from California transferred into Alcoa last last week. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. So – um, T. Hodge has a gear. Uh, followed him all last season, fifteen straight games. Called every one of them. And T. Hodge has a uh, has a subtle quietness in games that he doesn't. He's not needed to kick that gear in. But I tell you, when Oakland came to town, they knew about T. Hodge. They knew about about probably just as many yards after the contact as as before contact. And, and then when he played Ravenwood, uh, he was on a mission. Uh, guy was guy was he was stellar. He had a he had a moment to where he just said, "You know, boys, y'all running on that four speed. Here's fifth gear for you." And and it just it was different. It's a different play. So yeah, I think if he goes in there head on his shoulders, uh, in, in the right position, um, he's going to have an opportunity. Should is he going to see the field this year? I don't know. But you work hard, and some of these guys, Carlin, Phil's and me, graduates this year. I mean, there's a there's a nice spot for you. And T's a big boy, so uh, I think. Physically, uh, he can get there. Do you remember the state championship game? We're down there at that tent, hobnobbing, grabbing that free food, and you said, "Hey, Boone, come over here. You want to see Division One talent up close?" I looked over there and I was like, "Man, who's this defensive tackle?" Well, yeah, you didn't know if it was that or it if was, it was a strength coach or something. It was T. Hodge. I mean, you get you get down. You're not up in the stands looking down at him. And when you're that big and you have all those different gears, you got to love it. But, yeah, Carlene feels uh, me. Uh, of course, they move him to defense. He gets hurt. But he's been around the program all these years. It's nice to have that experience. And then Laneith Whitehead, I remember telling you on recruiting that uh, I really felt he was going to come with us in Jabari Smalls. But uh, I did hear Pruitt remark that T had been uh, working out quite a while, doing what's needed and uh, – well, and here's the thing. T came from Arable. I mean, I'm pretty biased in that comment, but you don't have to worry about fundamentals being rough with T. Hodge. You don't have to worry about him him wanting wanting it hard at practice with T. Hodge. You know what I'm saying? Like, he comes from a program that that's just – that's the way it goes. I mean, he, he comes from a guy who's played in, if I'm not mistaken, over his four years at, at Maryville, he averaged over 14 games a season. So, I mean – Getting tired late in the year doesn't uh, – I mean, again, SEC football is a lot different than, than, than high school football at any level. But uh, I, I think it, it speaks to, 
to that. That's you don't have to make those comments about freshmen. So that he's earned them. And Wayne, they did a super job. Hats off to Derek Hunt. I mean, they were not going to let him ruin his career with an injury. They monitored and they just stepped those snaps up a few more every game. And Maribel's not a stranger to this back of the year. I mean, from 2002 to 2007 alone, they had four Mr. Tennessee football winners, and that's just back of the year. And it's like you said, that kind of thing gets you a lot of national attention from these colleges. And uh, starting with, uh, I think it was Carl Stewart way back in 2002. Cade Thompson comes along 2004. Then uh, Tyler Maples, 2006. Brent Burnett in 2007. That's uh, when we had that 60-game 60, uh, 60 winning streak going longest in the nation. So uh, good coaching over there. You can count on that for Mr. Hodge. Hey, uh, and they talked a little bit more about another newcomer to Tennessee, not a newcomer to Southeastern Conference football, but talked about Cade Mays and his transition uh, to Tennessee, having Jim Chaney as his OC, similar to what he went to as a freshman uh, at Georgia. He said, I think it's probably pretty easy for a guy, the same terminology that, that he was playing under. It was really probably a seamless transition. Cade's a smart guy. Football's important to him. And he spends a lot of try- time trying to improve as a player and trying to be the best player he can possibly be. Now, maybe he skirted that that question a little bit because I think everybody wants to know, is he going to play? Uh, but at the same rate, uh, he didn't say anything about him not playing. They get a thrill out of making us wait. What was the one last year? Was it a defensive tackle? We waited, 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 waited. And we just knew it, it, they were going to bypass him. The clearing house and then talking they, about JJ Peterson, because um, I mean he yeah he's kind of a defensive end but whatever but yeah I mean yeah I think that was the one that the the kind of the white whale kind of situation where yeah. you're like is it going to work is it not going to work yeah is they're they're work? in no hurry uh, they'll well, get they absolute put deadline you'll see it and you'll think and then they'll, they'll it almost seems like they purposely do it three days later but they did they they have halted all that because of COVID so I mean it's not at least it's not just because it's Tennessee, because I feel like that's a lot of times I, I put that out there. But uh, uh, Jeremy Pruitt talks about the, the COVID-19 positive test. Uh, he said we've had no players where they did have one GA test positive. But, again, uh, there's some protocol from the from the conference and then at the local level uh, as to how to handle those. But he said one GA is all they've had. And, uh, and, and so I guess that's a positive. Uh, yesterday there was, I think, 13 – University of Texas players that tested positive, uh, so it's not we're not out of the woods yet. I think there's still a lot of uh, ebb and flow to be to be dealt with over the next month and a half. But I think you you, you know you look at it, the next couple weeks are going to be critical because we've got to start getting back some walkthrough stuff by the first of July to be able to uh, to be able to start this thing on time because we're counting it down. We've got 78 days right now, and it's going to be rough if we've got to put a pause on our countdown Boone but hey Boone let's get our break last break of the day in and when we come back we're going to talk about that 78 days till it's football time in Tennessee who wore it for the orange who wears it right now for the orange who's in the hall of fame in number 78 and who were the champions of 1978 we'll talk about it all right here on the flip you're listening to the grind 100.9 FM 8:50 a.m we'll be right back
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Serious work in the heat requires serious fans and air conditioners to keep you cool. And Rule King has a complete cooling collection at the lowest prices every day. And now, the 30-inch pedestal shop fan had its price busted. With three-speed settings and a reliable all-metal construction, the 30-inch shop fan is now just $119.99. You can buy online at RuleKing.com, and we'll bring it to you when you arrive at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday. 
edition of the grind. Boone, seventy-eight days till it's football time in Tennessee. Man, it's a uh, it's it's fun times. Like I said, I've been doing this for over three weeks now. Uh, started at ninety-nine, down to seventy-eight. So just math tells you how long I've been doing this. But seventy-eight's a good number for Tennessee. Uh, big name player to wear said number seventy-eight. Antone Davis, offensive lineman, eighty-seven to ninety. Um, the outside of a highly touted offensive line, Antone Davis was rewarded for his time in the trenches. He was an All-American status in his senior season. He was given the Jacobs Trophy as the SEC top blocker in 1990. Uh, Davis helped create the holes for tailback Tony Thompson in 1990, allowing Thompson to rush for 248 yards against Mississippi State, 236 against Vandy, and then he went on to gain 1,261 yards on the season. Uh, thanks to Antone Davis in that offensive line. 79, Eric Steele uh, won the, the Jacobs Award, and 78, Antone Davis, also a Jacobs Award winner. Did you say Eric Steele? I.e., that picture right over there. Why, his autograph's right over here. Hey, uh, you're not going to believe this, but Roy Seals. You know, uh, we will not bore the listeners with my throat problems. Roy Seals was an ENT he wore number 78 for Tennessee. His, he's an ENT in the Knoxville area, and his son, Tate uh, Seals, was my throat doctor. Uh, Tim Irwin, man, Aaron Douglas and David Douglas. There's oh, some wow. impressive 78s on here. Have you uh, – d- Tim Irwin talked about why he wore number 78. Did you see that? Oh, no, it's going to be good. Let me hear it. He said, I wore number 78 because that's what they assigned to me as a freshman. <laughs> he said, I was in school in 1978, so Johnny Watts, 19, and I got some cover time that year because our numbers made 1978. He said, the first real publicity I received as of all was because I wore that number. That's kind of cool. It is. It's kind of, you know, it just works that way, right? You know, the, you know, Tim's another one, Wayne. No, he, he, he doesn't pretty things over. He tell If Tennessee's doing things and they need to be called out, he'll call them out in a hurry. I respect that. Anyway. Yeah, I love hearing what Tim Irwin's got to say because he, he's real. You know, he, he knows what – he knows the way he feels about things and he, uh, um, you, you know, he, he just says it and I love it. And he's worked with the Vol Network for a long time and uh, in, in kind of some of their back roles. Uh, and ultimately uh, stayed around the program. But, yeah, uh, you talk about Aaron and David Douglas, 78s, man. That's a family locally that you just talk about. Uh, when you look, when you think about that name, you think about really good football, and, and, and ultimately they were able to do so uh, at, at local community level and then also over in Knoxville at the University of Tennessee. I played softball with David. He's the only softball player I saw in my life. We were on a big, big baseball field over there near Central High School. He comes up, jerks one. Wayno, it's still going up when it cleared the 320 mark. You're talking about over at Sandy Springs? No, this was in Knoxville. Oh, wow. But I have never seen a human hit a softball that far. But, uh, yeah, David, uh, part of that 85 SEC champion team, you know, he also got to play in that 89 uh, Super Bowl mm-hmm. for the uh, Bengals. And uh, Pat Summit initially, if you mentioned David's name, she would probably get upset because David's wife, Carla, had won 
major part of winning the first national championship for Pat. And Pat's thinking, oh, my God, Carla's only a junior. Yay, she gets to come back. Carla had the unenviable job of telling her, Coach, I'm getting married and I'm moving to Cincinnati. My husband got drafted in the eighth round by the Bengals. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, and Aaron, uh, you know, he's – a lot of people would say, well, I know that he's the best player to ever come out of Blount County. Uh, he was Mr. Football Lineman two years, two or three-time All-State, uh, All-County. Yeah, he was on those undefeated teams for George. 60-0. and 0. And, um, oh, it was amazing. Um, he wore like a 17 uh, shoe and – Carla, I've read some things, and uh, she said uh, he could be the funniest guy. He he was a little bit awkward. You'd sit down, you'd eat, and he'd be spreading his legs out, and that those big, long, gangly legs would bump into a part of the table, and here'd go glasses of teas everywhere. But, uh, yeah, he was something. Um, well, you know, during his uh, funeral, Alabama, and this was after that uh, big hurricane, they brought up two um, airplane, chartered planes full of players, assistant trainers, assistant coaches, rather. And uh, David turned around and said he looked back there and, and there was the whole team, the whole coaching staff. And Nick Saban also made the decision to, uh, now even though uh, Aaron had not yet played a down for Alabama, he uh, – made the decision to send him a national championship trophy from that 2012 season. A lot of respect, Mm -hmm. by the way, uh, the Alabama thing came out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's that's something else, just a a tragedy, uh, that, that whole situation. Uh, but but you look at it, Boone, and, and when you look at the Hall of Fame, we talk about every day, we talk about who wore 78 for the Vols, who currently wears 78 for the Vols, which in, in that realm of things, it's Ollie Lane, a Corriton, Tennessee native out of Gibbs High School, redshirt sophomore, offensive lineman, 6'4", 308, Ollie Lane rocks the number 78 right now. But when you look at Hall of Fame by jersey number, uh, there's, a, there's a total of seven guys in the uh, in the the Hall of Fame for number seventy eight, uh, probably none more recognizable than uh, the guy with the little squiggly over the middle letter of his last name. You know who that would be? Now we're still in Tennessee, people, right? Or? No, we're in the the we're in the National Football League Hall of Fame. The that. little squiggly, squiggly. Are, are we thinking maybe a Spanish? What they call that? A I don't know. I call it a little squiggly. That's what I call it. Anthony Munoz is who I'm talking about. Yeah. Michael Munoz played at Tennessee. He was uh, he was an All American also. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, Anthony Munoz. One thing we always worked on was dominating our opponents. He said we called it finishing the block. He said we were taught to finish off our man until we heard the whistle. And then a lot of people that went against him would probably say, and then some, because uh, he he was he was kind of a dominant player. Class of 1998 played 13 NFL seasons out of Southern Cal. Six six. 278 pounds Bengals first round draft pick third player drafted overall in the 1980 draft all pro 11 consecutive seasons elected to 11 straight pro bowls great agility a great blocker caught seven passes scored four touchdowns on tackle eligible plays 
He was the NFL Offensive Lineman of the Year, 81, 87, and 88. Selected to the NFL's 75th anniversary all-time team in 1994. Started at tackle in two Super Bowls uh, out of Ontario, California. A big, big man and a big, big career, Anthony Munoz. Not many people going to top that one. The thing I remember about him is uh, I was always really curious. I wanted to know the absolute best player at every position in John Hanna, that, that famous lineman out of Alabama, and Anthony Munoz were on that first all-time NFL team. Yeah, Munoz is something. Uh, wonder what he would say if, if I said muchas gracias. <laughs> you think he'd say Dernotter? Well, probably maybe. In honor of a good old East Tennessee boy? I would say his, his accent wouldn't necessarily be just like that, but uh, I would say he would know what you what you were meaning. He would know where you were coming from. But 78, another great number 78 tackle, Art Shell. Another great. The Raiders. For the Raiders. He said, winning or losing often depends upon the mental approach of the team. He said, I try and get myself 100% right mentally for every game I played. He played in 16 NFL seasons out of Maryland State, Eastern Shore, 6'5", 265 pounds. Arthur Shell was the number three overall draft pick 1968. He had size, speed, agility, intelligent strength for a premier offensive tackle. Uh, he was mild-mannered, hardworking, a great player is what he was remembered for. He starred in Super Bowl XI uh, versus the Vikings, played in 270, or 270 regular season games, uh, 23 postseason games, eight Pro Bowls. He was All-Pro four different years, all at AFC, six different times out of Charleston, South Carolina, Art Shell. Uh, big, big man for the Raiders back in, in their heyday. I'll tell you what, the, the Raiders, man, I loved them. I loved them because they won at AFC West, it seemed like eight or nine years in a row. But, Wayno, well, you start their center, old double alt, double zero, Otto, Hall of Fame. Webster, left guard, Hall of Fame. Your big boy you mentioned, left tackle, Hall of Fame. The Ghost, Casper, tight end, Hall of Fame. Blitnikoff, Hall of Fame. And then lately, Stabler, the left-handed, the snake. The entire left side and the left-handed quarterback on that team all in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you, you win you win games that way. Or or at least you, you're going you should. If and you not, run behind you run on the left side when you need a yard too. I know, right? But uh, so those are some big time seventy eights in the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh but the year nineteen seventy eight, uh, Boone Boone was a strapping young lad at those in, in those days. Maybe. Maybe Boone's like He's counting on his hands. He's going to take his shoes off here in just a second. But anyway, American football looked just like this. Super Bowl twelve was in the books. Dallas Cowboys beat the Denver Broncos 27-10 in the Superdome in front of 76,000 fans. The Holy Roller game uh, was in 1978, Oakland Raiders versus the San Diego Chargers. Uh, the Cotton Bowl, the 1977 season, hosted the Notre Dame Fighting Irish defeating the Texas Longhorns 38-10 to claim the national championship in college football. Was Joe Montana the quarterback, maybe? I would say you would know. (laughs) In baseball, May 5th, 1978, Pete Rose becomes the 13th player to collect 3,000 hits. The New York Yankees won four games to two over the L.A. Dodgers. Bucky Dent was your MVP. That's the champions of 1978. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, Take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you Monday. Take care. Have a good weekend.